Welcome to the third season of Tiger Adventures Unfiltered. This is incredibly exciting to me personally that we managed to get this podcast this far. Uh, but keep in mind, you hear my voice, but there are so many more people working on this podcast every week. Uh, so I will take a moment to thank all of them. Uh, thank you to my incredible new team that we managed to start with uh, this semester. Uh, very exciting, very motivated team. Uh, we think we're going to do incredible things, particularly with Tiger Lounge actually traveling this year. So we'll be going to a few places. So you will hear different entrepreneurs from different places around the world, uh, which I hope will be incredibly exciting. But this first season starts off with an interview with a very talented entrepreneur who might be so far the most scientific and technical startup we have featured here on Tiger Ventures Unfiltered. It's actually a graduate student at Princeton. Uh, he's doing his PhD and he's sharing how he started his company called StarSpec Technologies, which creates research gondolas that go into space and collaborates with organizations like NASA. I think one really interesting perspective we gained from this episode is starting a company as a researcher, as a PhD student, and trying to secure funding and how Steven and his company was actually able to do it really, really effectively without losing any equity so far. Uh, so I think particularly if you're a student, uh, if you're a graduate student, uh, sort of looking at your options, this I think will be particularly interesting. Uh, and you know, listen in to see how Steven raised his money. Uh, I can kind of give a hint already that they raise a lot of money from a variety of pitch competitions. And I think you know that's what we do at Tiger Lunch. So uh, if you are ever interested in sort of following the same footsteps, Tiger Lunch is a great place for you to do that. And you can see how Steven was able to succeed just because he sort of participated in a lot of grants, a lot of pitch competitions. Uh, so make sure to listen in. I think it will be really exciting. Thank you so much for joining us. And please welcome Stephen Lee. Well, we're so excited to have Stephen Lee with, with us on Tiger Ventures Unfiltered for the first episode after the long break. Uh, I'm excited to be back in Princeton and, you know, excited to see Steve see Steven still remotely, but uh, very excited to see him um, here on the podcast with us. Steven actually competed last year in Tiger Lounge, in the virtual version of Tiger Lounge, and his company was absolutely impressive, and I'm very excited to hear uh, about how it developed. Uh, but Steven, so excited to have you here. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and how did you get into entrepreneurship? Give us an overview of your story, and we'll jump in more talking about your company. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you very much, Antec. Um, so uh, my name is Steven. Um, I I am a a, a six-year uh, PG student uh, in uh, the MAE uh, Mechanical and Aerospace Engineering um, uh, department, as well as I'm um, doing a joint degree with the Physics department. My 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 story is actually like very much tied to the the, the company that, that I'm building. So um, for for many years, actually since uh, way before coming to to Princeton. Um, uh, I, I have been working on um, uh, uh, these things that are called uh, balloon-borne telescopes. These are telescopes carried by helium balloons uh, that, that go up to the up upper stratosphere. Th these balloons are, are uh, like, like they're a very niche field in, in astronomy. So um, like you probably have heard of uh, space telescopes and ground telescopes. Uh, so, uh, space telescopes, you probably think of like Hubble and there's like the up and coming uh, James Webb Space Telescope and there are many others that can bring us like uh, fantastic pictures. 
And the reasons why you want to put telescopes in space is because uh, it is extremely uh, empty. There's no atmosphere, so so you get to see see space without any turbulence or or any sort of uh, like absorption lines in in the atmosphere uh, that that will mess up your image. Um, uh, however, there's one big downside of space telescopes uh, is that they're extremely, extremely uh, expensive. So um, uh, the Hubble Space Telescope uh, costs uh, upwards of um, uh, billions of dollars. Um, uh, th that's the space side. And on, on the ground side, you, have, uh, you can build these massive, massive um, telescopes. Um, uh, like there are, uh, there are telescopes in uh, Hawaii, there are, uh, telescopes in the Atacama Desert in Chile, um, there's probably a t telescope you can put in your bedroom, right? Like uh, they, the, 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 you can get much more versatility. However, there's one big problem, and that is the problem of the, 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 the atmosphere. Um, and due to uh, the, the, the diffraction and absorption, uh, you cannot get uh, images that, uh, that are very good. So that's where balloon-borne telescopes come in. Um, uh, like uh, th these telescopes, um, uh, you can imagine they, they cost uh, much less than a space telescope because uh, the the amount of requirements for for putting together something that's near space but not quite in space is orders of magnitude cheaper than putting things that are actually in in space. So so. Uh, th that is basically something that ha I have been working on um, uh, s since my undergrad um, and, and my master's and, and uh, where I continued uh, in, uh, in, in, at Princeton. So um, at uh, Bill Jones' lab uh, in the Department of Physics, uh, uh, his team has been sending, like putting up balloon-borne telescopes for the past uh, decade. And so, so and, and, and that is actually where my expertise um, come in. Um, I, I have been working on, uh, and, and by now, three or four uh, of these uh, uh, balloon-borne uh, uh, telescopes. So the, uh, and uh, during COVID last year, um, uh, we, we have, like, we, we, like we, we were uh, like me and my co-founders, uh, 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 they, they, they were, uh, like we were trying to like find out what we want to do. Um, and we have been having this idea uh, for a very long time. It's that like right now, uh, we are pretty much the best in the industry um, in the small niche of scientific um, ballooning. Um, and, uh, and the best in the sense that, uh, in the sense that our experiments have been s successful uh, <laughs> way more <laughs> often than other experiments. Uh, and, and, and the re reason for that is like uh, the, the actual engineering for these things uh, is, is uh, it's actually pretty complicated. Like it's like we don't have to go all the way to space quality ones, but, but if you imagine this thing is, uh, it's above 99.9% .9 of the atmosphere. Uh, the sky is dark. And like it has all, like all the conditions of space, um, uh, so the temperature variations during a day-night cycle is many tens of uh, degrees Kelvin, and then like the uh, uh, you have to actually like perform like uh, star tracking just like real satellites, and, and like uh, above all like there's this one really crucial part is uh, at the end of a uh, a balloon flight, the the 
the balloon has to terminate, right? It has to come down, right? So uh, what happens is that there are these explosive bolts that, that detonate at the very top and, and the parachute would catch the, the, the air and during which you, the gondola, like the, the thing that carries the telescope experiences uh, 10 times gravitational acceleration. So, so like, uh, this is actually something that like even satellites uh, uh, do not have to experience. So, so, so like, uh, the, the kind of the design challenges that, that are involved in these things uh, make the, the failure rate for these kind of experiments uh, really, really high. So the, the, the coworkers and I, um, um, uh, we were talking about, it's like, like we have been like, uh, uh, it's like, so what makes our team um, like way more um, successful than teams in like other universities uh, who are try, try, trying to do this? Um, and uh, and we're thinking, it's like, it's like, like uh, wouldn't it, it be great if we provided this as a service? So, so like, uh, currently the um, uh, uh, other uh, uh, other um, institutions, like when they build these kind of things, uh, 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 what they generally do is they um, they, they have a science proposal. Uh, they they want to make a measurement of something uh, in. Uh, uh, like they want to make some some sort of scientific di discovery, uh, and uh, and the the actual building of the instrumentation, the uh, building uh, of the, the 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 gondola that actually uh, makes this telescope go into space is often treated as an <laughs> like a, a side effect, an afterthought, right? Uh, and and uh, like if you put scientists. Uh, uh, in engineering roles, they're not going to be very good, <laughs> and that explains why uh, the current failure rate is so high. Um, so, so the idea has been bouncing around us for a very long time now, uh, even uh, before COVID. But uh, during COVID, uh, it was the perfect uh, in, uh, uh, <laughs> the perfect catalyst um, when we, we we thought like, what if we just uh, gave this a try. Uh, what, what have we got to lose? Uh, so, so uh, that's that's uh, what we did, and we started like looking for, uh, actively looking for resources on, on uh, how to, um, uh, uh, like register for, register for a company and 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 how 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 to like, um, like just structure your business and like there have been many resources that, uh, like the. Uh, the Princeton Entrepreneurship Council has has provided, uh, and uh, there the are uh, uh, graduate source resources at Princeton as well. So, so I um, and uh, like a, a, around that time, like um, one thing uh, led to another, and then we actually like uh, uh, we, we officially registered the company in uh, July and. Uh, and we have been working on a a NASA project that that uh, have been in discussion uh, like um, before COVID, um, um, but uh, uh, they they got their uh, funding um, around then as well, and and then like wanted us to actually push forward with the company idea and uh, and build this um, uh, balloon gondola for them. 
so 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 that 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 was my 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 story and journey of how, how the, the the company got started. Yeah, Stephen, we'll get back to NASA because it's a very interesting topic. But I gotta say, you know, with the amount of the physics knowledge I possess, this all sounds very smart. So let's just sum up the uh, what StarSpec exactly, StarSpec technology is exactly that. So you guys are, from my understanding, so you you create a cheaper way to build the telescopes. Is that right? And other satellites. What we are currently good at is uh, building. Uh, balloon-borne gondolas. So these are the st structures that that hold telescopes um, uh, uh, to uh, that that's to be carried by uh, helium balloons uh, to the upper stratosphere. Um, sometimes we describe these as uh, suborbital satellites because they are uh, not exactly in, in orbit of satellites, but they they live in satellite environments. The uh, rocket launches have been becoming uh, cheaper and cheaper over the past uh, uh, past years uh, due to efforts like Elon Musk uh, and uh, Blue Origin and like uh, there are various companies are are trying to drive down the cost of launching satellites so actual or uh, space-based orbital satellites um, so so uh, what we want to do is um, uh, we want to take our um, experiences that we, we learned from building these balloon-borne um, suborbital platforms, we want to tra transition them into space-based platforms. Uh, and so we want to be able to get the, the cost savings uh, that are achieved by these um, uh, launch providers, um, the, these rocket launches that, that are um, uh, from like many tens of thousand dollars per kilo to a few thousand dollars per kilo. And, and we want to um, make the same sort of uh, cost change from many um, billion dollars per satellite to a few million dollars per satellite. So, so, so th that is what we are currently pushing for um, in, in, uh, on, on the space side. And uh, 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 while having a uh, steady revenue for, uh, on the on the balloon side, that's crazy. And how how realistic is that? Do you think you guys will be able to pull that off? And I mean, if so, how long is the the time frame? It's probably a couple so, of so, years, I'll assume. Yeah, now. yeah I, I love talking about the technology because I, I I'm technically the uh, the, the chief uh, technology officer uh, in Starspec. It's a uh, technology is what really excited me, but in reality, when you do a startup, everyone does ev everything anyway. But somehow, technology really excited me a little bit more to make me the CTO of the company. <laughs> so, so um, l just just to give you a basic sense of uh, what we were planning on doing to transition from balloon to space, right? So, uh, we recognize a, a few facts uh, that I briefly mentioned earlier. Uh, the uh, temperature um, profile in the balloon environment is actually very similar to that of a space environment. In fact, uh, when you do actually get into space, uh, it, it becomes even more regular than the balloon environment. Because during the balloon environment, you're actually still within the atmosphere enough that uh, temperature changes are uh, a lot less predictable than uh, in space where you have a very standard diurnal cycle um, uh, like around the Earth. Um, so, so, so that's one aspect. Another aspect is a dynamics and control of the satellite itself. In fact, one of the things we pride our balloon gondolas in is that we have achieved pointing precision 
that's like un unseen in all previous balloon um, uh, balloon uh, gondolas uh, in general. So, so um, our CEO and uh, the uh, uh, the c controls engineer in the balloon projects is. Uh, uh, like like we have the secret sauce for actually achieving extremely high printing precision. Uh, communicating with the satellite is actually a, a services that are provided by companies uh, that, that, that just uh, their, their whole business is doing uh, various type of communication with satellites. And, and the, the second uh, technical, uh, the, the big technical challenge that, that, that we're uh, actively solving, in fact, we have a project um, dedicated to solving this problem, and it's the pro problem of radiation. So because uh, b a balloon, the balloon is just so much lower than satellites, we're, we're talking about going from uh, 40 kilometers to 400 kilometers. Uh, and this, this difference in distance uh, makes the radiation profile much more crazy um, higher up. And, and, and unlike a balloon, when it's at most running for uh, maybe a few weeks, uh, a satellite is expected to survive any sort of um, faults from cosmic rays um, uh, through the, the entire lifespan of the satellite. So, so that th that is a problem that we're actively uh, uh, solving. Um, uh, we, we have um, a whole plan and a test set up uh, where we all bring our um, uh, test electronics uh, to a, uh, a particle accelerator. Um, uh, <laughs> located in British Columbia and we'll just gonna shoot <laughs> high energy particles at it and and we're gonna analyze how it breaks and like uh, when it breaks and uh, w what conditions uh, it, it, it like it, it can uh, it can actually like shield the, the electronics a little bit better so so we're um, very excited to, um, to, to, to to learn about uh, that that entire process yeah absolutely as you should i feel like well you guys seem very ready on the tech side i gotta say and i feel like well with that much you know very original development uh i you know i bet there's a very strong founding team behind this so i'm really curious particularly in such a very you know tech and science heavy company how does your team team look like do you guys have mostly well assuming you know because you said it's your colleagues i would assume it's mostly you know engineers and scientists so do you guys have anyone sort of you know on the operations side, or how do you how do you deal with all the stuff that's not, you know, the tech heavy work? Yeah, so so uh, this is actually one of the main things that, like, uh, we learned during um, the development of the company is is that like, um, when we were all grad students before, like, all we did was we 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 built we build things and we solve problems um, on the technical side and, and, and like life looks simple, right? <laughs> and when, when we uh, started the business and we realized, oh, like, uh, like there's a whole like brain switch that, 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 that basically made us realize that like, um, uh, like all, the, all the other aspects are uh, just as important, if not even more important than than the the technical aspects. So, so like um, we, uh, all of the founders and in the team are, are technical people. Like we, uh, uh, we all have P uh, almost all of us have PhDs. Um, I, I guess all of us almost have PhDs. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and we almost there. Yeah, almost there. That's right. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, like we 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 really have to like ha we really have to like force ourselves uh, um, uh, to to care about things like um, actually creating um, a a coherent business plan, actually like um, talking to uh, people who are uh, outside our um, circles um, and actually like looking for people online. Um, and and uh, like often cold contacts, but most of the time introduced by con um, introduced by contacts that we know. Um, so so we, we for force ourselves um, like engaging in in things that we we uh, um, <laughs> don't normally like to. And and one of the, the main things that we uh, we we are we are looking for is is just um, uh, like finding out like like. Uh, um, like what the next project could be um in our uh like in our revenue stream right so so while we're when we're develop, developing the this the satellite um side of things like we uh like like since now that is is funded like we have to manage our times properly from like the the balloon side which is actually uh what's paying the bills so so it it's like a very challenging multi-arm bandit problem that <laughs> that we're trying to solve. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. That's that's what I thought, right? Because then it's also your company is so you know what you guys do is very complex, right? It takes a while. I feel like you know if you're an investor and you're sitting you're sitting and listening to you know what you guys are doing, you know if they're not a physics slash you know aerospace interested at least person they will have a bit of a tough time understanding. I'm curious, did you have an issue when you were pitching to, you know, say investors or, you know, I know you guys participated in a bunch of pitch competitions, including Tiger Lunch, right? Did you ever, did you feel like people had an issue sort of, you know, getting the vision and the mission of your product? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, full, full disclosure, uh, currently uh, the Star Spec is entirely uh, funded uh, through our projects. So, so we have, um, um, Oh, I guess projects and grants. So, so, so none of the funding so far is uh, is dilutive. Well, that's very smart, Stephen. I mean, you didn't lose any equity, right? And you got money, so I think that's perfect. I, yeah, that, that's. Uh, uh, it's. Uh, I would also say this is a relatively un unusual case, um, um, because like in in uh, a, a lot of the. Uh, the, the the classes and workshops that we've taken in entrepreneurship um, we we're sort of like um, uh, basically put into this mindset that like um, like we are a um, uh, it's it's like the investment path is like the pretty much the only path but like so so I I, I can tell you that uh, like uh, we have gotten the confirmation like from advisors and like people who are more experienced in the field that this is not necessarily the case. Uh, although we have not been, uh, we have not precluded in, in, uh, investment, like we are enjoying the, uh, uh, the, 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 the non-urgency uh, when it comes to, to investment. Like what we do want to do is um, when we go um, onto the, the, the actual full satellite development process, uh, uh, we want to be investment ready um, uh, within next six months, actually. Uh, so, so uh, and, and like in uh, in terms of um, uh, 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 speaking to to investors uh, uh, and uh, and such, like we have been um, 
been participating in pitch competitions just to to get a taste of, of what, what it's like um, but uh, uh, at, at the moment uh, we, 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 we really really want to um, actually be able to uh, uh, be able to tell and present a coherent story uh, that uh, that can actually uh, be, be useful when we are at, at that stage yeah no absolutely absolutely and I hope you know this podcast to an extent should be an option for the investors as well to, to see you know your guys' story which I think is uh, is absolutely fantastic uh, you know hearing you and you know the whole mission that you guys created and you know how it comes from you and your colleagues I think it's it's fantastic uh, and I'm curious so you know you told me you know before the interview or coming close to the end of your PhD are you planning to work on Star, Star Spec full time or do you want to you know have it as like a side thing so 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 yes, uh, I I am very much deciding to work on StarSpec uh, uh, full time. Uh, in, in fact, my other two co-founders uh, have already, um, uh, they are already working in in, in a, a StarSpec full time. So so that that's what the the current uh, our current projects are are mainly paying. Um, so um, the uh, yeah the the. Uh, yeah, I think uh, in, in order to 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 make something successful, you really have to like dedicate yourself uh, into it fully, um, and 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 that is my plan. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's that's great to hear. Uh, f- wonderful, uh, Stephen. I have one, I think one last question, which you know I tend to ask on this podcast because a lot of people who listen to this are either you know aspiring entrepreneurs or people who are thinking that at some point in the future they might start a venture of their own. Uh, you know, as you look back at your journey, is there any particular piece of advice that you would give to yourself, you know, perhaps before you started StarSpec, before, you know, you kind of came up with the idea and collected the team? Anything in particular that you would, you know, tell yourself or people who would be in a similar spot? I would say that if, if you're on the, uh, the, the border of deciding between an entrepreneurship or a stable job, I would definitely say go with the entrepreneurship. Um, and and because there's not a um, pretty much there's not a better opportunity. There's never a better opportunity um, to to be able to, to to try this. Like if if the um, um, I, I I would I, I would uh, discourage I would discourage um, trying entrepreneurship uh, f- like for the sake of um, uh, uh, entrepreneurship. I I think. Uh, it's it's uh, it, it really has to be um, at a certain level uh, fueled uh, by su- a passion for something that you you want to achieve, um, and, and it's because of like how difficult the journey is to actually um, to, to to do something um, uh, like like uh, join the darkest nights basically <laughs> you need a, a beacon that can like pull you forward um so so i i, I think I, I think yeah that that's that's the the, the 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 main thing is is i i i would i i would i would i would try it because there's uh there really is very little harm in in failure in fact i i, I took a course uh uh last year that that, that that basically surveyed entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneurs and non entrepreneurs to see um, their like expected salary um, um, after re- uh, like returning to um, say a, a normal pr- profession 
um, versus people who started off as normal profession, it, it showed that they, they caught up within two years. So, so there's not even like a financial downside for, 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 for uh, going into a normal job late. So, so like, uh, I, I think definitely encourage you uh, to, to, to try. If you want to try it, this is definitely the best time to, to try. Um, Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's wonderful to hear. And I think that's a great piece of advice. And I'm glad, you know, we touched, you know, on this episode on so many things. I think, you know, you guys are the first very sort of, you know, science and tech heavy company we got to interview. So I think it's great to have this perspective. And therefore, I'll ask one last question. This is a tricky one. Uh, so will I, in my lifetime, travel on a, spe- a star spec rocket at some point? What do you think? I, you know, I have... Uh, <laughs> Hopefully oh, oh, a lot of time uh, left, I, so I know how. <laughs> I, 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 I have that. to see your perspective. <laughs> I have to see your perspective. Do you think that's realistic to give some of our listeners some hope for space travel? Oh yeah, I I I I, I would I would say that um, um, I I would hope for, for the day where uh, Star Spec goes grows to a to a size where uh, we can have our uh, own own rockets, um, but um, I. I I hope um, you will definitely be able to uh, travel on a ro- rocket with the Star Spec logo on the outside as one of the uh, ride sharers with you. So I see, I see. Well, I'll be keeping my fingers crossed. I hope you know. I'm glad to test it out. You know, if you ever need anyone, <laughs> I'll be happy to do it. Uh, but yeah. So jokes aside, thank you so much, Steven. It was wonderful to to have you on the show. Thank you for the stuff that you have shared with with everyone. It was absolutely amazing. And yeah, we'll be, you know, watching closely from Princeton. Uh, we'll be, you know, keeping our fingers crossed uh, for, well, first of all, the end of your PhD, but also uh, for the success of StarSpec. Uh, again, wonderful to have you here and thank you so much for, for, for joining. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you so much for tuning in into Tiger Ventures Unfiltered. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by Tiger Lounge, as well as our incredible partners, Prospect Student Ventures and Princeton Entrepreneurship Club. To learn more about the people who make this show possible, make sure to visit tigerlunch.com, psv.vc, and princetonecloud.com.